Welcome back, people. We are on the Moto Spot Show here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have an exciting show ahead for you guys. I cannot wait for this guest to come on. We are going to have some good good stuff to talk about. We're going to have some really good insight into what goes through our industry and what a silent hero is really all about. This guy grinds. He's fast on a dirt bike. He works with amazing people. And I just I can't thank him enough for coming on the show. So let me welcome our guest tonight. He is the one and only the Kenny Day of Alpine Star, Key for Testing Inc., and your Loretta Champion Plus 30 class. Welcome to the show, Kenny. How are you? Man, you just uh you just got my heart beating. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I uh I wish I could do that all the time. I, can you tell my wife? You know, I did that for you. Maybe, oh. maybe get her going. Oh, you do. I could, I could very easily help <laughs> with that situation. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for making time for us. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I know luckily for you, the outdoor season uh, just ended, and but the grind never stops. So I appreciate you making some time for us on this Sunday. But I wanted to, you know, reach out and kind of talk to you about a whole lot of things and Kind of, you know, let people know that there's a whole lot that goes into our industry than just, you know, under the lights and our normal Saturdays. There's there's a lot of prep, a lot of grind, a lot of uh, negotiations, and a lot of uh, heartache and headache. So, first off, you know, I want I want to talk about, um, you know, just how you got in the industry. You know, um, it's not one of those things to where you just kind of get into it. You know, you got to know people, meet people, and kind of, you know, put your foot in the right door. So, kind of how how did it all start for you? Yeah, no, I, uh, just to back up a bit, like you said, I think a lot of people don't fully understand what goes into to what shows up on the weekend, you know? I think some people just think it's, you know, I'm just washing boots or showing up with gear, but there's a lot more. But with that said, um, you know, I got into the industry. I was a racer. I just grew up a racer. Um, not super serious, but enough. And, uh, you know, when, when you get to the point where racing isn't going to pay your bills and, and then you take a step into the real world and it just smacks you in the face. Like, you know, okay, this kind of sucks. I, uh, at that point I just figured, Hey man, there's, there's gotta be a way, uh, to, to get in and, and do something I love. Like even if I wasn't going to make a ton of money, if I could just, you know, love my job every day, then it was worth it, you know? So, yeah, for sure. um, so I started out just, uh, I'm going to say right place, right time. Like, I uh, just had some friends that were, were doing really well as privateers and, and they needed help as like a mechanic. And uh, so that's where it started. I, I really didn't didn't know that much about working on their bikes. I just rode them just like every other, you know, kid. Um, but uh, I ended up working for Tony Archer and uh, he actually just taught me everything, like how to work on his bike and, and that kind of stuff. And that led into a situation of um, – like I said, right place, right time. There was a guy with a ton of money and, you know, had a, a passion for the sport and he wanted to give back and it just worked out. And we started uh, the Traders Racing team, which we started out as a Kawasaki team and then um, eventually turned it into a Yamaha supported team. And, and uh, yeah, at one point I was, I was a uh, driver, mechanic, manager, and I did all of those things for, Probably about three years until the team grew and then just got to be a team manager for a bit. So, um, that's awesome, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy times, crazy years. Not really sure, you know, how I made it through those days of no sleep and, uh, you know, a ton of energy drinks and you name <laughs> those it. Are life like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they are life savers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so I, I, I did that for about five and a half years and man, it's been, uh, that was a, a super cool journey to go through just to see, um, you know, all the highs and the lows of the sport. And, you know, I, I feel for, I feel for all these teams, uh, and all the guys that are on the team that are just, you know, grinding away every day, not really knowing if they'll get to, you know, do, do their, uh, do their job for the, for another year or, you know, in some teams, it's like, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it to the next weekend. Just there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But um, yeah, for sure. There's yeah, a lot of people I, that don't understand. I, like the sponsorship money looks all dandy. You see all the stickers on the semi, but little do they know there's some teams that are still waiting for checks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's actually pretty scary. You know, like if, if you don't have like a giant money back behind you, then it could be like an uh, absolute nightmare to, to try to rely on 
on people to come through with what they said they were going to do. So, yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, fast forward, man. I, like I said, I did five and a half years there and, and was super successful, at least in my opinion. And, you know, we got a podium out of the whole deal with the yeah, Green so got was, Yeah, for sure. That was sick. Yeah, that was all time, you know. Honestly, I think once we got the podium, it was, for me, it was kind of like I hit I hit the goal. And uh, I didn't, I'm not going to say I lost my drive, but, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay. I, I, had a, I hit a really big goal that seemed unobtainable, and now I'm ready to move on to something else. And uh, so I started looking, and sure enough, the uh, there was an opportunity at Alpine Stars. Um, I interviewed with the owner, Gabriel, and uh, at the time when I, I kind of got the job was uh, I was supposed to go to the road race side, um, or sorry, auto side, like NASCAR. And uh, even though I didn't know really anything about that world, it, it just seemed like a good opportunity to get my foot in the door at the company. And uh, so, yeah, I accepted it. And uh, shoot, man, they called me two days later and was like, hey, uh, you know, we had a position open on the moto side. Um, can you be in California at the first, first, uh, national in, in two days? And I was like, of course, you know? yeah, so, sign me up. Yeah. Um, so it worked out really well in my favor. I, you know, honestly, it just kind of felt like I changed uniforms. It was, you know, I'm still at the races. I, I still knew a lot of people and, and I still got to do the things that I loved. And, and then that just escalated into so much more since I've started here at Alpine Stars. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's kind of what, you know, I wanted to, talk about a little bit is just there's everybody just thinks it's uh rainbows and sunshine but it's it's a lot of grind and you know some of these guys like you and team managers it's you know 70 hour work weeks 80 hour work weeks sometimes with driving and cooking and bike prep and all that stuff so um i knew that was a real struggle for you but you guys had a lot of fun you made a lot of memories you know i got to meet tony this year through you and he seems like a really good dude and he's working for pierce brown now at troy lee ktm so it's like it's funny how our industry everybody kind of has it's a small industry but a big industry at the same time because it's really crazy how everybody makes their memories and comes together and those relationships become like really good family bonds um so that's really cool that you guys are really still close you tony renslin i know are really close so it's like everybody's got that family bond which that's the one thing i love about our sport i say the 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 worst thing would probably be just the travel and um that daily grind but it all makes it worth the end like you said when you see luke get on the title or not a title but get a podium and whatnot so that makes it all worth it um you know, funny story. It's oh, yeah. like I said, back to the small world. When I was living in Indiana, I always saw your guys' trailer at Westfield Power Sports, and I was like, "Dude, how the heck is a <laughs> yeah. dirt bike shop sponsoring a team?" And you know, me and Jesse actually talked about it on Saturday, and he's like, "Holy crap, that that's the same Kenny at Alpine Star." I'm like, "Yeah." Like he's like, "What a small world," and I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I just met him, you know, a couple <laughs> years ago." So pretty funny how like everything kind of comes full circle. But um, you know, moving on to the after the team and everything what would you say was like your biggest like hardship? Would it be, you know, moving? Cause I know you're not from California. You know, everybody thinks our, you, if you don't live in California, you can't become a part of this industry. But if I remember correctly, you're from like Maryland or something, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Maryland, Washington, DC area. Like, uh, I grew up like a mile from Bud's Creek motocross park. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, you know, that's another thing. It's like, you know, for these guys, these people listening, like, Hey, you don't have to grow up in California. You don't have to do this. You, you know, just make relationships, don't burn bridges. And you know, that's, that's the one way to get into our sport. I'd say is everybody kind of knows everybody. So if you burn a bridge, it's, it's not good for you in the long run. Um, Correct. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you know, like, and, and like you said, it like a little bit back is that, that, you know, like our sport is, I kind of look at it as like a, like a small town. Like it's kind of like a high school and like you, you see the same people every single, you know, almost every single day if you're out here in California, if not, you see them on the weekends. And that circle is like, it's so small. Like, yeah, our sport's pretty big, but man, like the internal race teams to the gear guys, uh, to the test guys. And like, you know, we see each other every single week out of the test tracks. And if something goes wrong, I'm telling you, man, so I say high school because like everyone knows and everyone sees. So without a doubt, like getting into an industry, is tough, um, especially, you know, and unfortunately, if you're not, if you're not so much in California, if you're like for me being in Maryland, like it's tough, you know, and, and that's not just from being in the industry. That's as a, as a, 
as an athlete, as a, as a racer, it's, it's hard to be seen. Um, but the one thing you always want to do right in this industry is just, just, just be genuine. I'd say be good, be reliable. Um, you know, you can't, you definitely don't want to burn a bridge because I'm telling you the minute you do that once it's, uh, it's over in a sense, like everyone's going to know about it. So it, it is tough. It's tough to get into the industry. Um, but if you can get in and, and create really good relationships and, and be a solid, you know, individual, like to me, you have a, a long time career here. Yeah, I agree 100% on that. It's one of those things to where I think if you just, you know, be like you said, genuine, honest, you know, if someone says, Hey, I need this done by Friday, get it done by Friday. Don't say, Oh, you know, my, my dog ate my homework or, you know, whatever, like get your stuff done and like, just be responsible and reliable. Cause like you said, it, you never know who you're going to meet or you never know who's looking to employ you. So every, uh, everything you do counts. So moving on, um, what would you say, like for you, you got 17 rounds of supercross 12 this year, only nine rounds of outdoors, but normally it's 17 rounds, 12. Like what's a weekend or a week look like for you? Like, you know, Monday starting getting ready for the weekend, but you're usually what at the track Thursday, press day or Friday, press day, and then gear Saturday and then Sunday rest or kind of back at the shop. Like what's, what's a week look like for you? Yeah. So, you know, the past, probably like uh past four or five weeks I've been like seven days a week nonstop and, and having to do a lot of driving. So like on a, on a normal week, it, it looks something like, uh, you know, we show up to the races on Thursday. So I would, uh, fly out of LA, uh, Thursday sometime, most of the time Thursday morning, you know, get there, get to the hotel. Friday we're at the track. Um, you know, just kind of prepping, making, making sure everybody's good give all the guys their gear, um, you know, and just, just kind of touch base with everybody and, and see what's up, if they need anything else, like at home, um, those type of things. And then, yeah, we do the, do the race on uh, Saturday. And then depending on if I'm driving to the next round or I have a coworker that helps me with it, um, if I'm driving to the next round, I'll leave Sunday and start driving, you know, and uh, most of the time make it to my destination by Monday or Tuesday at the latest. Um, but the minute I get to where I'm going, I jump back on a plane. So let's just say Tuesday, I come straight back to uh, California and go straight into the office. And then I'd be in the office, uh, either in the office or at the test tracks. It just depends on the weeks. But I'll do that on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then right back out on a plane on Thursday, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of nonstop. It's, it's just, it is a grind, you know, but uh, it's kind of a beautiful grind at the same time. Yeah, it's something you love. So I I know I've seen your polar data and you're like 250% over a goal or something like that. It's like not even fair. But what a lot of people don't know, too, like Kenny said, is he's on the road Sunday. But if there's a Futures, he's on the road after Futures. So he's at Supercross all day Saturday, 14, 15 hour day. Yep. Get up 630 a.m., back to the track, do Futures and then drive after that. So again, like, you know, this, this, I don't know, this theory that a lot of people have, that's like, Oh, it'd be so cool to do this. It is really cool. I can't lie, but there's also a lot of hard work that goes into it. So that's why we kind of wanted to get, you know, Kenny on the line and just give you guys an insight of the, what goes through a normal weekend for these guys. It's, it's not all, it's not really easy, but it's at the same time, it's really cool to see when one of your guys is win wins or championships or one of those so makes it worth it but it's definitely a lot of hours and a lot of hard work so um as far as a saturday goes i know like some companies they get you know three set uh, each rider gets three sets of gear um what's it like for you guys at anderson tomac marsh they getting like three sets of gear for saturday and two sets of boots or is it two sets of gear like what's it kind of what's it like for you guys so every week uh every weekend i guess i should say uh our guys get three sets of pants and four jerseys. Uh, that's kind of, and then four sets of gloves. Okay. Then boots, um, boots, that we actually, I mean, I think a lot of people have this perception that we give these guys new boots every single weekend. And believe me, that's, that's not the case. Um, That'd be really a lot expensive. of these guys, <laughs> it would be, yeah, as a, it doesn't make sense for a company, but, but no, I mean, some of these guys will go, you know, some acts pretty hard on stuff, uh, but still they'll go four or five races with a with the set of boots before we're gonna 
you know, basically turn them into practice boots and then give them a new set. So, and then, you know, some guys are just different. Like a guy like Justin Barshis, like he's not, you would think he'd be brutal on equipment, on like our boots and stuff, the way that his riding style is. But, and like, I actually held off a, a, he had a a pair of boots that he wore from the beginning of Salt Lake Supercross. So all the way through Salt Lake and then, you know, probably six outdoor races. So like, I mean, they they actually go. It doesn't take long, or it does. And they last a while. Is what I'm getting at. So yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, I, in some sense, I'd say they're like it, it'd be nice to have that support of having brand new gear every single weekend. But um, you know, we do we do what we think's right with the boots, and and we just kind of monitor it. So like, if it uh, if we get a set of boots that they tear the rubber off, like the grip on the inside or something, we either you know, evaluate it. If it needs to be completely uh, replaced, then we'll give them a new set of boots. But most of the time, we, we bring it back to our in-house repair guy and uh, we'll just repair it and then show back up with it for the next weekend. So it works out well. Nice. Yeah, it makes it, makes it you know, one of those things to where, you know, you guys have the ability to be there and see everything and get the feedback from the riders. So when the consumer gets the boots, they're getting the best of the best from, you know, tried and true. So that's really cool that you guys do that and, you know, put your, your best foot forward. So, um, I know another thing too, and maybe you might not know since you're on the athlete side, but I always get people asking me, why does the tech, why did the athletes get tech tens that aren't available, but they're in tech sevens. So just a heads up guys. It's one of those things where the athletes have to wear tech tens if that's what they want. So tech sevens or tech fives, you know, that's, Alpine started looking out for the consumer. Not everybody can afford tech tins. So sometimes they'll make it to where you can't get the tech tins in that style, but they offer the tech seven. So I've had that asked, but that's kind of why they do it. The, the athletes have to be in tech tins, but you know, Alpine star can't do LEs every time in tech tins. So, um, I know you probably get that asked that question too. Like, why can't I get the Anaheim one in tech 10? Well, we have in tech seven and they're like, well, I want a tech 10. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, but um, I know that sometimes gets to you guys, but I don't know how much, how often that happens to you or if that happens to you at all. Yeah, no, it does. Believe me. I, and then, you know, I have like, uh, sometimes there's, there's guys that'll look, say the top guys like Tomac or Barcelona will get a boot that, you know, I'll say, uh, I'll use like Cody shock or something like that, or like a Justin Sterling that can't get it. Um, so like, there's always that, there's always that kind of like question of everybody wants to, wants what they can't have. But, yeah. you know, I think, Looking forward, as a company, I believe we're we're trying our best to uh, get it to the point where everything that you see on on the top guys will will be sold to the you know sold to the public. And I know um, you know just from my side of things, doing a lot of R and D with our tech ten, and you know we came out with it like a year ago and a, a whole new uh, style of it. And at first, it was a little I'd say a little off, needed some improvements, and and collectively between all of our athletes. Uh, we've gotten it to the point now where if you go buy uh, Tech 10 right off the shelf right now, uh, it is it's phenomenal. Like I, I've actually uh, I just was doing some testing recently in a brand new boot. Uh, we just dropped uh, an LE called Squad, and uh, man, it's crazy how far the boot has come and how it's gotten to the point where yeah, I mean you literally the same same thing that uh, Justin Barsha and Tomac and Chase Sexton are wearing is the same thing that you're buying off the shelf. So yeah, that's, that's, that's our ultimate goal as a company, and, and we're going to keep pushing to that. Yeah, that's really rad. Like, your guys' LE colors always, you know, hurt my sample account. But overall, um, <laughs> you guys do a really good job of trying to promote the, the brand and the colors. And um, that was one thing I noticed this year with Chase, too. You know, almost all the rounds besides, I think, one, he was in a off-the-shelf SM10. Same color I can buy, same color you know, anybody can buy, um, from their local, you know, WPS dealers. So that was really cool. I, I really respected that kind of, you know, you, you kind of get frustrated when you see all these helmets and you're like, man, like I really want that, but you can't get it. So it kind of makes you, you know, really look at the brand and say, I can get the same helmet as Chase Sexton or, um, you know, with us with fly, you can get the same one bag it wears. So it's, I think it's really cool as far from that standpoint, from a consumer to a retailer, to a customer. Um, that's, that's really cool that you guys do that. Um, speaking of Chase Sexton, um, dude, killing it, you know, first year on a 450 outdoors, I think he's going to be a threat doing Supercross. Um, I know it's hard for you because you got Anderson, Barsha, 
well, I don't know if you have Barsha for next year gas cast, but you have Anderson, Tomac, um, and Sexton, and dude, like that's gonna be tough for you to not play favorites. But I gotta say, I, I think that dude's gonna be a front runner for the uh, the championship next Supercross. Yeah, I you know I agree with you, and you know ultimately, I like we always try to you know uh, treat everybody equally here, and uh, but of course, you know, like there's there's certain guys I have stronger relationships with, uh, like like Justin Barsha or Chase Sexton, you know, just dealing with him directly all the time. But, uh, man, I, I'll totally say, like, I was pretty blown away just a few days ago. I was out at the Honda test track with uh, Chase. And, uh, you know, we, we raced outdoors on Saturday. And Tuesday, we are we were at the Honda test track right in the Supercross. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, this is so soon. Uh, but they have a brand new bike and, and they have to start testing. And, it's crazy to, to see that transition of a top guy like that just go from 30s just wide open and then straight into just being this uh, super finesse technical dude that is just doesn't look like, you know, you can't tell that he hasn't raced or ridden a supercross track in months. It's, he went right out like the second lap and just goes lifting across the top of the whoops like faster than I've ever seen. And it's like, okay, you know, like, so without a doubt, there's, I think that guy's going to be a threat as long as, you know, as well as so many other guys, you really look at the list. Like if everybody comes in healthy and strong, man, it's, it Stacked. doesn't even make sense. Dude, so Stacked. many guys. Yeah. I think everybody in the top 15 is going to either have a podium or a championship for 2021. So it's going to be yeah. dangerous. It's going to be exciting. I hope everybody stays healthy. Um, that new bike looks sick. You know, I saw, uh, pictures of Roxon riding it at State Fair, and it looked like he was actually on stock suspension. I'm assuming Chase was probably on Supercross suspension already with clamps and the whole nine. Um, so, yeah, yep. to hear him going through all that on a brand-new bike and have that much confidence already out of the gate, that speaks dangerous to me. So that will be exciting to see. Um, you know, the other thing about him, too, that I really liked at Paula was his uh, Michael Jordan gear. Um, I'm not sure if you can talk on that or not, but like what kind of made you guys do that? I know Chase is a huge Jordan fan, but like, you know how that all come together? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty simple realistically is, uh, you know, Chase is kind of grew up as a, as a Jordan, you know, super fan, I guess I should say, like they're from the same area. And, uh, and yeah, Chase, Chase kind of just explained that he's always kind of lived by, uh, MJ's motto and like just the way that he approached things. And so, yeah, when he had the opportunity to take number 23 um, as a career number, he just jumped all over it. So, yeah, there was, uh, you know, just a strong interest on his side, and, and we wanted to do something cool and special. And, um, you know, I, I give that up to um, my good friend Jose here at Alpine Stars to kind of put all that together. And, yeah, they uh, they focused on the gear side of things, and then uh, he pretty much let me take over the, the helmet and uh, gave me some ideas of what the gear was. And, and then myself and uh, Brandon from AP Designs just went to, went to work on the helmet. It took a couple of weeks to put it all together. But, man, the, the whole kit together, he was uh, – Chase was beyond stoked. When we, uh, there's actually a video coming out, uh, I'd say, pretty soon of, like, we, sh- we basically videoed him, like, opening the gear and putting it on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely put a, a giant smile on his face, um, which is – it's just always cool to, you know, it, he's new to us. So for us to kind of like go the extra mile and do something special for him right off the bat, I think uh, he's pretty stoked to be with Alpine Stars. Yeah, I think, you know, from what I heard, he that was one of the reasons like he was he wanted to go with you guys is he knew that you guys did some really cool things and he liked the brand overall. And you guys offered a full head to toe kit. So it made it easy for him to kind of have that one one spot, you know, make the relationship, grow with him you know, get his career longevity and, and kind of make that relationship. Like you said, um, for you guys, you know, what kind of lead time does that take? Is that usually something you guys talked about like at Salt Lake or is that something that's like, you know, like, Hey, like it's Monday the week before Paula, let's, let's do something cool for chase, you know, last round. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now that, that was months. That was definitely months of, of trying to get everything together. Okay. Uh, man, the last minute stuff is definitely not something we like to, always do you know sometimes there's aspects and and situations where you got to kind of just make something happen right now but but overall that that was a few months of uh getting that together and it's super hard to kind of keep it hushed you know like i have i have renders on my phone that like 
you know, I, I think the first time I saw it, I was like actually at the track with Chase and I was like, it's so hard for me to be not to like just turn my phone over to the side and be like, Hey, check this out. You know? So it was cool. We, we had like a way to keep a secret there from, for a while. And like, I ended up showing his dad and his agent, but Chase didn't know, you know? So, uh, yeah, there was a few months leading into that one. Oh, sweet. Like, so that, yeah, just answered my, my next question. So that was like a full blown surprise to Chase. Then like, he had no idea. Like that was just like, Hey dude, like we got something really cool in the works for you. Like, and you guys surprised him with it. Yeah, correct. Full, That's awesome. Full secret. Um, yeah, he, he started to put things together a little bit. Like he had an idea that it had some kind of, you know, Chicago Bulls theme. That was kind of where his head was at. And we ended up doing that for, uh, everybody at Paula had, had a, uh, kind of a custom kit um Barsha's was I mean you know I think as most people know that he's making a change in his career and going to a different team which does require him to do different things so that was kind of like our farewell um you know race with him being in our gear so we did something cool whereas uh Justin always has the nickname the frog his mom gave him as a, as a kid and uh even like his ride partially the ride helmet has a frog on it so we ended up doing you know a surprise for him as well and he, he his gear had frogs all over it but uh yeah unfortunately didn't get the race so i didn't get a bunch of exposure yeah i think i saw on someone's so. instagram his his wife was like so like it was, she was like almost emotional like she was so excited like she was really like super excited that you and jose did that for and like just you know almost put her in tears from what it sounded like on on instagram i don't know for sure but that's kind of what it seemed like she was just really really thankful to you guys for doing that and just showed showed her appreciation and you know what you guys done for her over the years and and i thought that was really cool yeah you know i think what the cool thing about you know this kind of goes off topic a little bit but the coolest thing i think for for my position and and even other people in our company is, uh, you know, you, you sign several year deals with, with these guys. And, and then at that point you have the opportunity to like make a great relationship, but, but a friendship as well. And, um, you know, me personally, I always try to treat people like family and, uh, you know, every, every person that I'm working with directly, you know, I'm, I'm going the extra mile for or extra five miles for just to make, make these people, you know, understand how much, uh, they mean to us. Um, and that we're willing to do whatever it takes to make them, you know, comfortable or happy or whatever it is. So to, to have, you know, such a long, um, relationship with Barsha, him and Alpine Stars were together for a very long time. And, you know, to, to just have like a super cool bond and outside of the track with them. And then, you know, of course, like he's going to go somewhere different now. Like we'll still see each other at the race and, um, you know, those type of things. But of course, like it, it is, it's, it's tough. And I think we were all like a bit like bittersweet, uh, at Paula because it's like, you know, all right, I still get to go the extra mile for Justin. They still wear our boots and stuff like that. But, but, uh, you know, it's just different. So of course there's a lot of effort and, and thought put into that, to that race and that set of gear and you know, everything about it. Yeah. I know for you guys, he's been with you since, you know, early Honda day, Honda, I think he's been with you since he signed factory Honda on 450. So really long time. And I know Gabrielle does, a, um, a, loves his athletes and goes above and beyond. So, um, that was probably really tough for him, but like you said, he'll still be in the boots. So that'll be good for you guys. Um, but yeah, I think moving forward, you guys will have some really cool stuff in the works. Um, kind of going back to what you said before with your relationships and stuff. Do you have a guy that's kind of easier than, other guys or do you have a picky guy like can you kind of talk about that or is it kind of like uh they're all good <laughs> yeah you know it's funny is like you know i think all of us uh you know if you're a racer you're a rider whatever it is i think everybody kind of has a little quirk um some people are more superstitious than others so you know i wouldn't necessarily say that anybody's more difficult than others but there's definitely little things that you you find you to be more sensitive with um you know, I'll give you give you two examples. Would be like a guy like Justin Barsha, super critical about his fit of his gear, and if it's not sitting just right, like he's not comfortable on the bike. And uh, you know, it it happens. There's there's times where I think maybe he just had like a really hard week of training or two weeks of training, and you know, probably lost a lot of water weight and put his gear on, and he was like, ah, this doesn't seem right, you know. And he's real critical about that, but. Um, but then you have guy, a guy like Chase Sexton that's like, 
he uh, he'll practice in, in any color, any you know whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to match. Um, but the minute we come to race day, then he's real critical on the way um, that his gear, his helmet, his boots match. But then he wants to wear uh, a solid glove, just white, white only. <laughs> yeah. So for sure, like these guys are, you know, they're they're just they're picky and and they have their ways of just going about their day. Um, and you know, you just respect it, and as long as it fits the mold of what the company wants things to look like, then sure, you know, of course we're okay with it. But nobody's like, I don't have anyone that's like unbelievably hard to work for or anything like that. I think at the end of the day, everybody just kind of wants to to be comfortable, and sometimes that's just extra measures. But for the most part, everybody's pretty simple. Yeah, I think that's kind of the one thing too that a lot of people don't realize like these guys have that kind of i wouldn't say um superstition you know some guys do but it's one of these guys it's one of those things if it's not perfect it kind of throws off their whole vibe so i know for you guys your job's really difficult sometimes because you need to have that perfect fitting glove or you know that certain style fit in a boot so it's uh one of those things that, like that's why i kind of wanted to get you on the line to kind of tell people like hey this isn't just pull the gear out of the bag and and go race it's there's a lot of time that goes into fit and finish and and get it to these guys these athletes and make it to where it's perfect for them so that's really cool um i know when i worked at fox chad was really big on gloves like he had to have his gloves fit a certain way or like was like the worst thing ever so um that's uh no that's cool i really appreciate that insight kenny i really do thank you um so man a lot of people don't know like when you work in the industry you ride dirt bikes so i should shouldn't say that that way let me reverse a lot of people know that you if you're in the industry you ride dirt bikes but a lot of times they don't know how fast you are like oh you work in the industry like oh you're probably like okay or you're decent but not in your case you have won a loretta's championship um i mean how did that all happen? Like what made you say, I'm going to go suffer <laughs> for three 20 minute motos at Loretta's? Oh man. You know, it's like I can probably go on a lot about that, but you know, <laughs> I think for, for, <laughs> for me, it was, it was just, you know, uh, the older I get, the, the more, you know, you, you, uh, value life and situations. And, and, uh, you know, I just finally got to a point when I was, and I turned 30, it was kind of like, you know, I was in a good position at that point. I was running the team and I just felt like I needed to start taking advantage of opportunities, you know? And, um, you know, I still do that today, but, but at the time it was, it was just something that weighed heavy on my mind, like growing up racing and, and I, you know, I never really got to take my racing career to the, to the point where I'd be satisfied with it. And, you know, one of the things that always weighed heavy on me was like just going to Loretta's and, and, uh, trying to do something like even if it was in my older age my older years like it that still means like you know a ton and and uh yeah i went and talked to uh the team owner of the traders team and told him like hey i'd really like to race Loretta's, uh and he was all for it and man it worked out really well like i of course i had all all the uh all the tools i needed you know i, I had as, as close to a factory 250f as i could get um, I had a really good mechanic, which is Tony Archer. Uh, I had like a guy like Skip Norfolk in my corner, like, you know, Dang. doing suspension <laughs> testing with me. Yeah. You know, like, like you're a full uh, factor almost. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was basically like I reverse roles and I saw that, I saw that opportunity. And at that point it just made sense. Like, all right, if, if I have everything I need right here to do the job, then, then I'm going to start focusing on myself and I'm going to put some, put some effort in. So, yeah, I just, uh, man, plain and simple. I just wanted it. I don't, I really know what else to say. I still really didn't know where I'd fit in. I, you know, I showed up and I was racing a 250 in a 450 class at Loretta's and, um, yeah, it worked out well in my favor. I never, I honestly never really felt like I rode over like 70% that whole week. Um, but I just, uh, I did enough and I was consistent and I, I, yeah, won, won a championship. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was very surreal. Uh, one of the things that, you know, never really set in, um, it actually set in the following year because they, they took a, a picture, uh, MX Sports took a picture of me on the podium where I was spraying champagne on uh, Tony 
afterwards and and they blew it up into like a poster and put it on the side of the track and it you know oh, kind of said something had a quote about like uh you know kind of like a you know never never give up type thing like follow your dreams type quote and uh man that was cooler than than winning it to be honest like just to have my a picture of me on the side of the track along with like all these other legends of the sport um with a quote like that like that was the coolest part of it so yeah i mean yeah you know long story short is like i said just take advantage of opportunities and i was in the right spot and yeah it worked out really well in my favor no that's really cool like you said it's it almost feels like you accomplished something like even though it might have not been a ama title or a ama championship well it is an ama let me take that back it is an ama but it wasn't a supercross title or a motocross title but that loretta's title is just as hard i would say for anybody at your stature you know that plus 25 class 30 class like it's a hard work like it's not just show up and race and you know hope you do good it's it's grinding it's you know hot it's it's not easy so my hat's off to you Kenny. like i mean i know it was one of those things like you said you only rode 70 percent, but they say that track's so brutal like if you try to override you'll just get forced into mistakes and mistakes so that's really cool, yeah. man. I think that's something, like you said, you'll remember for the rest of your life, and you can say that, hey, like I did it, like I, you know, I put my all my effort in, and we came out with, and then we achieved our goal. So, a lot of people can't say that, you know. For me, I've been trying to lose weight for the last fifteen years, and we're still struggling, but we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. <laughs> I got faith in you, triple. <laughs> Thanks, dog. I appreciate it. So, no, like, the, and on a serious note, like. Like you said, to do that with Tony and Skip, and to see all their effort, and then for you to reward them with the title, it's uh, that's that you just don't forget that kind of stuff. That's a memory that you'll have for the rest of your guys' life, and that's really really cool. Um, yeah. So, besides being badass on a dirt bike, working with an amazing athletes, um, what is? Let me go back here to my notes real quick and see kind of what else I had for you. Um, let's talk about the Kiefer thing. Um, I've seen you do some stuff with him. I saw you just did a 2021 KTM 250 SXF video a little while back. Um, I think that was like a month ago or so. Um, like you said, you'd been doing some testing with Alpine Star. Like, how'd that all happen? Like, how'd you get involved with Kiefer? Like you said, you're from Maryland. Um, but like, how'd you get in with Kiefer and how'd you get uh, a part of the Racer X testing with him? Man, it's, it's funny, like, and it actually goes back to, like, the Loretta title thing. Um, my first day on the job at Alpine Stars was, was Hangtown um, last year, and uh, that was the, the year that Chris was trying to qualify, and he was under the uh, NCR tent. And, yeah, man, I just, you know, he was in Alpine Stars, and at, at that point, I was just trying to walk around and, and say, hey, and thank all the people for wearing A-Stars, and, you know, I introduced myself to Chris, and and uh said my name and he was like oh you won you won loretta's and i was like oh yeah it's funny you know that but yeah yeah i did and uh so yeah <laughs> That's I, cool. we we kind of created a relationship based off of that and and then uh, i saw him again a few months later at a track and you know he was like hey dude if you've uh if you ever want to you know come do a like a bike test or something let me know and i was just like you got to be kidding me you know that's like a that's a dream for me, especially, you know, being from the East coast, you always like, you relied on, on people like Chris. Yeah. You always read that, you the went. racer X articles and the cycle news articles. And you're like, dude, that'd be so sick to ride bikes and just be able to test them. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, so yeah, he, he offered it up to me and of course I said, yeah. And, uh, man, I, you know, I think from that point on, it's just Chris is, Chris is like family to me now. Uh, He's kind of like my, he's a, he's definitely a father figure to me. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff aside from dirt bikes, like women and you name it. And, uh, yeah, the dude's just, he's solid. He's, he's a, a really good dude and he's pretty much just taking me under his wing. So, uh, he's just given me, he's given me so much opportunity in the past year to be a part of like what he's doing. You know, I, I wish I could do more for him, but of course, like I'm, I'm super busy with work. So it's like, you're trying to, trying to find a balance is tough um but yeah i've gotten to do quite a bit of stuff with them and, and ride all the new bikes and um yeah just do race direct videos and you know all these things that i dreamed about as a kid and he just he's like here it is you know and he just kind of hands it to me so yeah good luck that's uh <laughs> yeah exactly so 
yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing, man. It's, um, you know, and I, I think, uh, me riding as much as I do now, like, uh, probably in the past six, eh, probably six months or so. Like, I mean, pretty much ride like every week, um, might only be one day, but like one day that I'll ride will be like pro day, um, wherever that is, that track that day, whatever it is. And it works out well. Cause I think it, uh, it's good for me to kind of show, show my face at the test tracks and, and at, on pro days to all my athletes. Um, kind of show that like, you know, I'm not just a, a dude that's showing up with your boots and stuff. Like actually kind of can relate to them and, and understand what they're talking about. So like it's, um, me riding and doing this thing with keeper, uh, me being on the racer X stuff. Like it's, it's really been a, a really cool way to see people kind of respond to it, you know, come up to me and, and say stuff. So I think probably one of the coolest things I've, I've had in the past couple of months was, uh, I did a, I rode just a Tuesday Apollo, which is like pro day. And, uh, you know, I was out there feeling like a squirrel, but like I was throwing some pretty big whips off of <laughs> the main tabletop, like out in front of all the mechanics and stuff. And when I showed up to the race on the weekend, uh, I walked into the Honda trunk truck and, and Trey Kennard was in there. And like, we, we know, I know of Trey, he knows me as his Alpine starter guy, but, yeah. uh, he, he was like, uh, Hey man, were you, are you riding the other day at, at Paula? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, you, you were ripping. And I just <laughs> like, awesome. I, I lost it. I, I turned as red as my shirt. And I was like, you don't say that to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> Trey Kennard just complimented hero. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and man, it's, it's been cool to, to kind of have that response, uh, just to have the opportunity to ride. And then even now, like, uh, last weekend I had an opportunity to, ride uh the 2021 honda 450 i got a few days on that and, and just just for me doing that and posting it up on my on my instagram and stuff like i've actually had you know like a lot of top guys like either you know dm me and say like okay what's your opinion i'm thinking about riding it or or uh like i've been playing with it like a little joke on sex and i'm like hey i'm gonna start working on your settings this weekend you know so like yeah. it's cool it's cool to be in that situation and I feel honored that some of these guys like, you know, like Chase or whatever it is, like legit ask me what's my opinion on the bike. And then they like, they actually take my opinion seriously. So man, it's just, you know, I'm grateful every day for it. That's freaking cool. Yeah. If I, I could just see it, like, you're just like, Hey, Jay, Jay just texted me and he, he wants me to try something out. He'll, he'll let you know how it goes. Like, don't worry about it. Like we got it. <laughs> so I know, I know yeah. you're out there breaking hearts. I've seen your videos and, man it, it is uh it is really cool to see you having fun and you know our other buddy connor he's uh he's all hurt he tries his hardiest hardest and you come out there just you know eh, and then just whip in his face and hurt his feelings so um, i love it you know it's fun it's good times but like you said it, it almost raises the respect level uh level a little bit when you kind of can ride and and show these guys like hey i'm i'm not just here to bring you boots and and be a super fan i ride I respect what you guys do and uh you're out there to make the best possible outcome from not only from the company but for them too so because you want you want stuff that works you believe in it so it when you carry that passion it, it almost makes your job a lot more fun so um that's really cool like i wish i could go fast but it's one of those things to where i uh i didn't train and but it, i get to live through you guys and all these athletes so it uh, makes my job fun um uh, hey I'm pretty sure I've seen a video of you going through a set of whoops at the same pace <laughs> no. as most of the top guys. Nobody needs to know what happened after the whoops, but the the first, you know, 15, 15 seconds whoops, of the like video. You were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were going just as fast as, as uh, you know, Roxton. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah, I should have just kept the Instagram video up there, not the reality video up there. So we'll, we'll keep that <laughs> down the down low. But um, what's the rest of your year look like? Um, you have some big races coming up. I don't know if you were at Ponca this year, but um, I heard that was a really good event. And then um, we got mini O's coming up. So you guys got any of that stuff planned or what's, what's the plan for you guys to finish out the year? Or are you mostly just getting ready for uh, Supercross? Yeah. So I, uh, we've already, you know, we're already have started, you know, Supercross planning in the sense of everybody's here and, and, and getting everything here. You know, it, it takes time to kind of, get boots made and shipped here and on time and from this point on you're uh 
you're basically getting ready for everybody's photo shoots, which will start uh, just in a few weeks. Here, we'll, we'll start some of the first ones mid-November. So you gotta you gotta have everybody's uh, gear, their boots, that kind of stuff to get ready for that. Then, yeah, so we'll I'll go to many of those and be there to support um, the amateur kids as well as just be there to answer questions and and anything else I can do to try to help them sell more products for the company. But, um, you know, we get to slow down a little bit, not traveling so much on the weekends, just, you know, being, being in the office five days a week and, and just try to be completely prepared for, for 21. You know, I think uh, based on what I'm hearing with schedule stuff, I think we'll actually get to enjoy uh, Christmas and New Year's this year because Supercross should start like mid-January. Um, so that'll be a cool change. But, yeah, nothing too, too crazy prepare and, and be ready for for anything and everything you know yeah and uh to your point that's what i've been hearing i've been hearing like late january and then like east coast like so that will be interesting to see how that happens if we don't get an a1 this year but with the coronavirus and everything it's one of those things where you understand like california is on a kind of a tight lockdown so it'd be really weird for a1 but i'd rather lose a1 than lose our supercross season so um I hope they can Correct. get that all figured out and get our schedule out soon. I know people are dying to know what the schedule's looking like and what stadiums they're going to use. So hopefully for you guys, it'll be one of those things where it's, you know, five stadiums with multiple rounds. So it makes your lives a little bit easier, but we'll see, I guess, when that all comes out. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, based on what I know, like I think some, most of the general public has an idea, but I've just heard basically we'll do a uh, full race on Saturday Tuesday and Saturday at quite a few rounds. And then uh, we'll have some some single events. Like I think Daytona, I heard, uh, would be like a single event. But, you know, I think it's cool, man. I think it's cool to, to uh, have a change, you know, not not so much the typical grind of just doing, you know, a 29, 30 weekend straight. Like it's, it's nice to kind of break it up. And, and uh, you know, just having Utah as the example, like, that was actually a super fun time, I think, for everyone in our industry just to be in one place and uh, for that long and not just traveling every couple of days. Like, it's, uh, it'd be cool to kind of incorporate some of the Utah stuff into to next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that might be what kind of takes our sport to the next level if you think about it. Because, like, the TV on the Wednesdays that we were having in Salt Lake, like, that's just getting us in a whole nother era. Like, Saturday nights, a lot of people are busy, and it's hard. Like, so to be on two week weeknights a week, like, that could be what takes us maybe to the next sport. We might attract new sponsors. We might get more TV viewers. Like, you never know. So I'm excited if they do do that, and we do get to try something different just to say, hey, like, we did it. So let's see if it works. Because, um, like, you know, during the week, that's pretty much what people do. They go to work, they come home, they watch TV. So if they flip through the channels and they see some really good racing and um, become a new fan, like that's what that's why we do it to get new fans and to attract more people to our sport um, or to this sport, I should say. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'd be really cool if they ended up doing that. Um, before I let you go, Kenny, I got to give out a quick shout out to Bell Ray. Um, I've talked to Bell Ray for the last couple of weeks and we are going to have those guys on board with us moving forward. So we are really excited to, uh, get Bell Ray on the program of the Motospot family. So make sure to check them out at Bell Ray, um, on Instagram. We're going to have some really cool, uh, bundles. We're going to call the Motospot bundles where you guys are going to be able to, uh, win a oil, a chain lube and a six in one. So it's going to be a bundle kit. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to do like a social media contest. We're going to have some really cool giveaways. Um, so again, check out Bell Ray, check out Moto Spot. And then for Kenny, uh, Kenny, let the people know where they can find you. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use, let, let the people know where they can uh, check you out at. Uh, yeah, we'll just keep it simple. We'll just go Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at Day in the life. Pretty, pretty simple. Sweet. So, okay. Yeah, you You'll see me on there trying to look cool. Yeah, you do a pretty good job. And you uh, you get that OnlyFans up and running yet? Or are you still working on that? Or how's that going? Uh, you know, I'm trying to trying to upload a ton of content. So that uh, <laughs> I just do it once. And then, you know, by that, that point, I'll make enough money. I won't have to tell anybody about it. So Hell yeah. yeah. I've been saving my five ninety nine a month for you. So, you know, just, just let me know when that baby's live. Um, well, for but, you, it's free, free 99 for you. Hell yeah. Getting that promo code, son. 
um dude like again thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time today um it's it's really cool to have this podcast and to have people like you guys on and and kind of talk about the silent heroes of our sport and kind of give a different insight to our industry so i can't thank you enough i really really appreciate it hey thanks for having me anytime anytime you uh you need somebody to talk to on here i'm always here and I appreciate everything you've ever done for us. You know, you're, you're one of the heroes that has done some, you know, backdoor stuff to, to make things happen for me. And I, I, I'll never forget it. So I appreciate you too. Yeah, of course. No problem. Um, anything that you want to say or thank anyone you want to thank before we, uh, we go to, uh, off the air on this bad boy. Yeah, man. I, you know, I could thank a million people for, for just getting me to the, to the point where I am now a lot of influence, uh, from a lot of great people and, you know, it would take me a long time to go on that list, down that list, but uh, it's all good. I, I just appreciate everybody and everyone that uh, is, is good to me, so like yourself, and I, I thank you enough. Yeah, no, for sure. This was awesome. So thank you again, and uh, I hope to talk. I hope to see you soon. Uh, maybe in many years I'll get to catch up with you. So thank you again, Kenny. I really appreciate it. All right, man. I can't wait for your cooking. All right. Sounds good. See you soon, buddy. All right. See you. All right. See you.